Hi, this is Carolyn, and I'm here with Aaron, and this is our final episode with Hall of Fame tennis coach Rick Macy. Rick has coached some of the best players in the world, but he also helps everyday players like Aaron and me. If you'd like to learn the tennis tips and mental tips he recommends for adult recreational players, as well as listen to the most exciting tennis match he has ever watched, please check out parts one through three. But here's the final part. What got you so much into like the biomechanics of like the mental we've talked about, but but what is it that you do you just see it in people? Is it just a um, your elbows in the wrong place or you're doing this with your racket or your grip is I, I get this. Your grip is wrong. You know, what is it? Did you study that? So because there was no YouTube back there, like even when you were saying you learned without coaching, you got all the way from 12s to 18s with no coaching at all. Now, a lot of us can sit on YouTube and watch, you know, how, hundreds of hours of video. But how did you get into that specifically? First off, great question. The thing about YouTube, you got to be careful what you watch because now everybody has a platform and they can kind of put their own spin on it and regurgitate it. And even if they're famous, they're not even in the neighborhood. But I'm not going to go down that. That's a whole nother podcast. But I was always intrigued, even as a kid, to figure things out. Always. I go to the movies. This is a great story. I go to the movies with my friends. We sit down there and five minutes in, I'm telling them how it's going to end. And I'm there by, by myself eating popcorn and somewhere else. No one wanted to go with me anymore. So I'm always trying to figure out how this was. So I was always like that. And then I played point guard in basketball. So that may be why I like to help others. I was good at passing the ball. And, but I always wanted to figure things out, you know, and I was never satisfied. And I tell people, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Because I want to get better tomorrow. I got better before I came to talk to you guys this morning with everybody I had to teach. So, but I got intrigued. I always was intrigued by the technical part. But unless you're around someone who maybe has their PhD in this or did their thesis on this, and that's when I collaborated with Dr. Brian Gordon, he came to me with all this 3D technology because he knew I kind of had the, the platform and could lay it out there. When we collaborated like 15 years ago, it took it to a whole nother level because a lot of the things that I knew or I said, he'd go, how'd you know that? How'd you know that? And it wasn't, it, I just kind of figured it out by being an athlete and trial and error. And he was kind of blown away that I was already doing things backed up by science that were spot on. But even with Brian, 90% of what he was, we were going over, I didn't even understand. Okay, now I know it inside out. But more importantly, I know how to expedite the learning curve if there's a problem. You know, I always tell people there's not a wrong way or a right way or a better way. So I wouldn't change your grip and stuff like that. That's like, that's brutal. That could take two months. Uh, but I would change something and you'd feel something and you'd go, Rick, I'm hitting harder. I'm hitting faster. I'm getting more spin. This is unbelievable. So, but I've always been intrigued by it. So then when that was kind of another cornerstone of Rick Macy or Rick Macy Academy, before it was like, there's amazing motivation, inspiration, dedication, very good strategy, technical. Look at all these players. Now we're putting Humpty Dumpty together for younger kids. And the people that don't understand it, they're going to say, oh, they're too little. They can't learn it. Listen, I got seven-year-olds that look amazing. That doesn't mean they're going to be great players, but they're going to have strokes that will last a lifetime. And they're just rock solid, better than some of the girls I work with on the tour. But if you do 10 million of anything, it's going to get better. But that doesn't mean it's 
optimal. And especially with the serve, see, the serve is the easiest to learn. And I know you said something about your serve because there's no movement. A lot of people think it's more those difficult because there's a lot of movement. To me, it's the easiest. And that's why there's, it's not in the water when you back the truck up, Serena, Roddick, you know, Opelka, he's out there saying, Rick told me to step on the bug, his weight. I could get real deep into this, but I won't. The serves are easy if you understand the science part. And I probably help a lot of people that just come in on the tour just on that because the groundies are kind of baked in double crispy, you know, but the serve can be, I, well, I do a lot with that. So to answer your question, I got to get better. I'm always learning, always talking to Brian. I mean, he could write something and you could read it. You could say, that's the most amazing thing I ever read, but I don't understand any of it. You know, that's how this guy is so smart on this part. And he's so into it. Every little fiber in your body, okay, of how this goes and how this is better or whatever. And the one thing I do, I'm not so cookie cutter that I won't deviate a little bit because the game's always evolving. You know, it's I like cloning. I mean, that's like silly because we all got different body types and you're coming with muscle memories, especially people that are, you know, adult players. But to modify and tweak, we can do that better than anybody in the world. So there's hope for us. I was going to say, you have so much work to do. And we have on, a lot more, especially with our serve. Can we get it uh, up to 100 miles per hour? No, what are the no. odds? Can we get it up to 40? Where are you at now? Wait a minute. Are you, where you're, where, is it on the radar gun? Does it even register on the gun? Not really. It does. Okay, well, it, it, no. But listen, I can 25. Make you, no, it's, <laughs> yours is more than so much better. But see, I got to see it. Like both of you have different problems because you're bringing different issues. That's why you can't read a book, any coaches or anybody. You can't read a book and be a good coach. So I certify guys also. I've certified probably over a thousand people around the world. They come on the court three, four hours a day, three days, and they're freaked out. They see this medley, this smorgasbord of biomechanics, technical, strategic, mental, dealing with the crazy parent on the sideline, the kid, mood swing. Okay. And how I, it's like a medley of all this stuff. And a lot of these people played on the tour. A lot of these people are directors. Okay. And they're just like, they're in shock because it's not just like, oh, this is what to do. You know, I'm, I'm constantly moving the pieces around and everybody, when they walk off the court, they feel great and they win, you know, and they, they're all blown away. So you can't watch YouTube. You can, that can help or read a book to become a better coach. Um, if you see it live and in color and you see how this is done, if you can pick up some of those things, which everybody has, they all say the same thing. I, I've never knew anything like this. And they were top 50 in the world. And they, they're a director at a club. It's not just like what, and they get, you get locked in to the same thing. And I'm always evolving. Like tomorrow, I'll, I'll experiment and I'll get better. I'm always like doing that. And that's why Brian and I, we're way ahead of the curve with the ATP forehand and the backhand, but more importantly, how to correct things. So I put it out there for free, you know, on the internet and people rewrap it and say it differently, which is great. That's to me, that's the best compliment in the world. Is that on YouTube that you have it out there for free, Rick? The YouTube channel, everybody can go there. And, but once again, I got to see what you're doing and what you're doing. And then I would know how to attack. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, you got to use your legs more. 
you know, if you're if you're like the Tin Man, I might have to make you the Scarecrow. You know what I mean? Like Capriati was really tight, so I had to make her loose. Then I might have the next person. They're already like Gumby, and I got to put it together differently from the ground up. So it's not like boom. You know what I mean? It's so you got to be flexible as a coach, and that's a sign of a great teacher. If you had thirty kids in a classroom, you can't teach them all the same. You got to know how to you know bop and weave and figure figure that out. Yeah. What is the ATP forehand? I've heard you say that a couple of times on the podcast. I don't know what that is. I don't have that. <laughs> what is the ATP forehand? Okay, you, okay, let's let's back up a little bit. If you watch, and there's a lot of the women that do this. They're in they're in the neighborhood. What I mean by that, they're close. Okay. If you watch the men hit the ball, let's just say, let's take Federer, him hit the forehand or Alcaraz. If you look at his forehand, I think you'll agree it looks different than, say, Madison Keys. Federer and all these guys, almost all the guys, when they take the racket back, the racket, when they come out of the backswing, it's on the right side of the body. Okay? It's on the right side. So someone like Madison Keys, a great forehand, she can kill the ball. Her racket goes the other way. It goes the other side of the body. So her swing will be a semicircular movement. Where I think you agree, don't you agree? The guy stroke looks different, not because they're bigger, stronger, but I think the, you, I think you see the guy stroke looks different. It's shorter, and it's faster. The way that it's set up, when they pull the racket, it flips the racket. This isn't going to make sense. Down and back, and creates more racket head speed. So you have a shorter, quicker uh, stroke, and you're able to actually turn the racket over and get more spin instead of coming around the body. And this kind of evolved because the speed of the game has changed. If you look at the stroke, even in the 70s, you wouldn't see this, okay? Agassi was starting to get in the neighborhood. Roddick was one of the first, the Mohicans, okay, where you keep it on this side, and if it's at an angle and you pull the racket, it flips it. What I mean by flips it, it goes down and back, and then it comes through faster. So that's the ATP forehand. Because a lot of the girls, when they grow up, this is why the girl, a lot of girls don't do it. A, they're not taught it, which is wrong, in my opinion. And they're maybe not as strong. So they want strength. So they kind of make a loop, an arc, a rainbow, a banana, a candy cane, a Ferris wheel. And the racket, you know, goes back to Miami. I'm in Boca. That's why I said Miami. So it goes back to Miami. And then here's what happens. When they're 14, it's the same correction. Your elbow's too close, shorten your backswing, hit it more in front. I already tell them what the person at home is correcting before I've seen them hit a ball. They're going, oh my God, how'd you know that? Because I know what's going to happen when the ball's faster. You can shorten your stroke when it's faster, but you're not going to make it go faster. Where the guys, even though it comes faster, it's shorter and faster already. So it's a different, it's a different, I did a, I did so many things on this and got like 5 million views when I did this for USPTA in like 2014 or whatever. People were like, that's too much information. Well, I wasn't, that isn't how I teach it. I was generalizing, this is how this works and it's all based on science. And that's kind of hard to argue with. Yeah. yeah, we're going to look at that and link it to our show notes because I've been wondering what that what that means. But but that makes sense to me now that you but say I might that not explain it. Do that. I might make what you got even better, which I know I could. Here's what I want you to do. If both of you just take a video of your forehand and you send it to my. No, 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 no. Don't shake it. You don't want to okay. see it. No, 
send me a video of your forehand. I'm going to do it for you. Send me a video of your forehand, and I will tell you like two or three things to try, okay? And either one or two things are going to happen. It's going to help you a lot, or you're going to quit playing tennis. What? No, I'm just kidding. No, you're <laughs> going to, you'll just, you'll try something because you're not feeling something different. You're just hit it in front, bend your knees, prepare early. I'm not saying those won't help, but those are symptoms. I will diagnose the culprit and I'll be able to make it a little better. Okay. I'm excited about that. Me too. But, but I do need to tell you, Rick, I mainly slice yes. or or I use a two-handed forehand. So it's what? a little crazy you, for me. Wait, so you slice your forehand? Yes. What about the backhand? No, just regular. Regular. Okay. But see, I like you already because all the ladies you play with, they hate that. No, they hate that because there's no rhythm. It stays low. You're like the butcher. You're not giving them topspin right in their wheelhouse. Listen, and I would optimize that. This little girl from Ukraine, I have her slicing the ball every time she's wide. Listen, in today's game, the slice is more prominent than ever before because it goes faster. But the reason why you do it, because you never probably were taught or learned that, but it's so effective. Here's why. It's shorter. You go forward. You're confident. And you hit it in front. The only thing about it, when you need to maybe hit it harder and someone's at the net, you might need the other. But listen, uh, that, that's a great shot. No, no one said this is how you got to do it. It's all about do the best you can, have the most fun, and try to get the W. Okay. okay. Let's talk through my problem real quick. <laughs> okay, now to Aaron. That's my this problem, just, Rick. Now Aaron. This has gone from podcasting to free coaching. So I hit very hard, right, Carolyn? Yes, I very hit hard. Very hard. I can keep it in the, I do keep it in the court, but I have a chicken arm when I have like a little tiny. So I guess I have a good contact point, but my stroke production is beyond bad. So I, and I, I can feel it when I do it right. When I have a long, you know, nice, like I've gotten space away from the ball, but I just keep doing this little chicken arm. Right. Have you seen some, I'm sure you've seen other people with that problem. Uh, over a million times. I mean, I would prefer, I, I, I really like chicken, but I don't like a chicken wing. I prefer a chicken leg where your arm would extend. But listen, I'd have to see it. I mean, I'm going to give you a pointer right now because when it goes in, no one says a word. But when you miss it, they go, your elbow's too close. I mean, that's silly. You can't have it both ways. You know what I mean? So I would change your take back, okay? And I'd have to see how you take it back. And I would have the elbow away. Then I would do corrective techniques about how to control the follow through and stop it. See, I, I do things in progression. It's like building a house. You know, I put the foundation, then I put the floor, then I do that. I, I build the house. You know what I mean? So, but I understand what you're saying, but I can't even tell you what to do until I see exactly how you take the racket back. See, this is what people don't understand. When you take the racket back, that's the origin. See, people are looking at this. But how you take it back, once I change that, then your brain is going to go, I never did this before. And then it's like at, at this stage of the game, would you say you were 32? That's what you said. Okay, you're 32 years old. I'm going to change <laughs> right. it. So there's no you. muscle memory. There's no muscle memory. So I change the take back and it's it changes the whole landscape. A lot of people don't understand. See, I got to confuse the brain, you know, or you're going to do the same thing. And then when you go out of the basket, you're okay. Hand feed, you're okay. Then you get in competition, it goes right back. So you got to go through this progression of development. So I would change your take back 
I could correct your forehand easily because you know I like you're aggressive and you like to hit the ball hard, all right? And this maybe gives it some stability, but it also could be your footwork, people say. And then people say you're too close to the ball. Duh. Of course you do. But it goes in a lot because this can stabilize. Jeannie Bouchard did that a little bit. You know, it was all like in there. But if you do enough of anything like you have, it's gotten better. I can make it better. Just send me a video. Just send me a video. I'll go bang, 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 and you'll, you can try it. I know you said Capri- Capriotti was a wizard, but I think you're a wizard with all the stuff that you've done. I agree. I, I think I it's amazing. Agree. No, thank you. No, it's all good. We'll do it again. We greatly appreciate Rick taking time out of his busy day to speak with us, and we've included his contact information in our show notes. We will let everyone know if our forehands get better after receiving Rick's advice or if Rick tells us we should consider quitting tennis. We hope you check out our website, which is com. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you on the court soon. 